Um, I'm David Phipps. I volunteer with an organization called the Glow, <laughs> the Glow, the Global Chain Network. Um, we teach people how to teach people. Okay, we teach people who are going into the field how to teach the local people to use their own resources and problem-solving skills to solve their problems. We don't send people. We just train. So I'm. And that's going to be a problem, too. So um, I, there's, I'd like us to stand for prayer. And if there is an empty seat between you and the center aisle, would you move into that? And that would help us give some open spots on the outside. So if there's an empty seat, move over, and that will leave room on the outside. Whoever's doing our first prayer, give us our prayer, please. you that you are the eternal sovereign king of the universe thank you so much for your love for us and for all the nations father we'd like to ask that you would use this time in an eternal way in all of our lives it's not an accident that any of us are here please father impact the world through what happens here today in jesus name amen, amen. thanks a lot and that's a pretty big mandate that we're going to impact the world in this session. There are more cords up here. You could tie up an octopus. Okay. This, hopefully this sheet of paper, which just looks like everything in the kitchen sink was crowded in there, hopefully it will make sense as we go. I wanted to start with some examples of what I believe are some good. Hmm. Sir, could you hand me that water over there? Are some good examples of what I think short-term teams can do. Thank you very much. Let's go with the first one, the school screening in Ghana. So I took a group of people, not all medical professionals, and we did a health assessment of all the children in the village. And um, we did not tell the parents the results of their child's assessment. We waited until the end of the week, and we had anyone in the community who wanted to come, and all the parents would receive their results, and blah, blah, blah. Because, of, honestly, the secondary purpose was doing the assessment. The primary purpose was to get them together. Um, so they get, and, and I'm going to tell you what really happened, not what I wished would have. So we, we get them together, and um, the, the head nurse shared three things that she found in all the children that she was really impressed with, really liked. Then she said three, she mentioned three things that concerned her. And uh, there was some discussion in the community about that. And one of the things was the children's feet, scarred, infected, all kinds of stuff because they didn't wear shoes. Well, okay, so there was a lot of discussion in that. Now, here's one thing I should not have done because we really believe the people should make the discoveries. We should help them discover this through our questions. What I should have done was ask them, how do you think the children's feet are cut? But what I did is I got up. We were out under a tree, 
and near near the school. And I knelt down, just knelt down, and I didn't even move my feet. Just And I grabbed three pieces of broken glass. And I said, these are the things that are cutting the children's feet. We'll come back to that. So anyhow, they talked about what was happening. And one man got up and, and started talking pretty emotionally. And the translator told me that he's saying... He knows his children should have shoes, but he can't afford shoes. And then another guy said, translated to me, that man is not the only one. There's many of us that need, we have no money, and our children need shoes. Then another guy stood up and walked out a couple steps and, and took a piece of paper money out of his pocket. And their lowest denomination paper money would have been a day's wages. And he said, I don't want this to be a bunch of talk. I want to make the first contribution to a shoe fund for children who can't afford shoes. And I just kind of sat and watched him, and they passed the basket. They elected an overseer and a treasurer, and they had, they had something going. And that was the purpose of us getting the people together, to let them work on a solution. Jump ahead about three months, and I went back to Ghana unannounced to them. And when I walked in the village, I said hi and stuff, but I went directly up to where we had the meeting. And as close as I could remember, I knelt down where I knelt down before and picked up that glass. And I looked, and I couldn't see anywhere any broken glass. So, again, I just thought that was a really positive thing. And I'd like to tell you that that community just prospered and they really took great responsibility. But after about two years, um, they said, this is kind of hard. We'd just rather you have a skip of money. And I said, that's, that's not what we do. I, I can't do that. And so that, that's the reality of it's not always a success. This was in the Pacific Rim somewhere. A community who had been doing community development, Che, for many months, was um, they had just gotten electric to their community, and they asked their trainer, the the person who taught them in Shea, uh, do you know of where we could get money to buy an electric pump so we don't need to pump hand pump our water? Um, and he he said, well, I'll check. And so he did. He was like the conduit to, to resources in the U.S. And he came back with a counter offer. And he said, here's the agreement. I have someone who will get you that electric pump if you designate people who are willing to be trained on how to repair and maintain that pump, that you get some type of payment plan that everyone pays so that you'll have money when it comes time to pay the pump and blah, blah, blah. And you will buy and bury pipe to every home in your community from this pipe, from this well. And so no pump until all that's done. The people did it. The church came. They taught, trained about maintenance, all that, put the pump in. So that community went from carrying water on their heads, keeping women from maybe starting small businesses, keeping children from going to school, to a home, to communities where every home had running water. So that, that would be a positive thing. 
there's an organization in Mexico, and they, this guy, he, was, he went as a teenager and did the typical, we're going to build you a house sort of thing. And he sort of came back all jazzed up. He said, I'm going back next year and do it again. So he did. And he said, I'm going to go stop and say hi to the people we built that house for. And he goes to the house, and the guy opens the door. That he didn't recognize him. And he said, I'm here to see Pedro. And the guy said, I don't know who Pedro is. Get off my property and close the door. So he goes to the organization that was setting this up, and he said, what happened to Pedro's family? And the reply was, we're too busy getting houses built. We don't have time to follow up on the families. So he said, this is messed up. So he started doing community development, Che, and um, he was influential. This community is near Phoenix and Tucson. They were receiving so many donated clothes that the people didn't do laundry. They would just throw it away and go get more clothes. And so he was able to shut down. Well, no, he didn't shut them down. He just had a meeting with some of these organizations that were there and said, this is wrong. We're not teaching anything here. And so he began a CHE program. And, and here's, here's one of the problems, and he's, it's a hindsight sort of thing. He didn't get the pastors involved as greatly as he wanted or should have. And so people doing this community development, it, it was going so well that they enjoyed the Bible studies that Che was doing more than their churches were doing. But the pastors didn't feel they had to learn about this. So that was kind of a conflict. And another conflict was uh, still, he is still doing the building houses, but the people have to contribute, I don't know, hundreds of community hours. Uh, they have to commute, and it's donated to the hospital, the prison or jail, and the school. So now that town is having hundreds of volunteers help them in the very areas they need help in. So they have just been doing anything they can to help this CHE program prosper. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> and <laughs> in this building, that is a, an event. So... Um, He's still doing, and so they have to contribute all those hours, plus they have to help other families build houses, and they have to help build their own house. Well, there's another organization that people could sign up, and they didn't need to do anything. They just said, we're going to be building your house next, and somebody come in and do it all, and they'd move in. And here was the problem. One lady who was on that list went and said, I don't want on your list. I want to earn my house. So that, I thought that was a pretty good one. Um, oh, this one really. I, when I tell them, it really hurts my heart. Anyhow, um, there is an organization who, who they try to get Scripture out. And... Um, <clears throat> So let's say that this is a community in the Philippines, and, and there are five of you who are Christians. And one of, the, of you five 
is like the pastor. So our short-term team, maybe three of us, would go into that community, and all we do is hang out with that pastor, and we go visit the Christians and just, just hang out with the pastor. Well, pretty soon the community village chief wants to know why we're there, so they'll, they'll call us in, and they'll say, um, why are, you know, formalities, but then eventually, why are you here? Now, that's the whole reason we've come, to have him ask that question. And we answer, we are here to hear the words of this man of God. And we point to the pastor. And we go home. We have no pictures of buildings. We don't have nothing to show at home of what we did. But there are reports that at the, at the morning of the next day after we leave, people are sitting on the ground in front of that pastor's house. So waiting to hear the words of that man of God. And then the last one is um, the Rochester Christian Church. They were working in Haiti. They asked that I come up and do a vision seminar. That's like a two-day session on the concepts and, and stuff. So after that, they had kind of a, what do you call that? What do you parents call that? Come to Jesus meeting. And... Um, they said, we've made some commitments that we need to honor, but let's honor them in a different way. So one of the commitments was a children's Bible school. So instead of them going and doing the Bible school, they went well ahead and met with adults who would do the Bible school in that church. And they talked, taught them about concepts, how to put it together. They went in the market and walked with the people and talked about, could you afford to buy some of this? You could use it looking at their resources. They didn't take anything in. And then they flew home. They weren't there during the Bible school. Uh, they had not only more kids come to that Bible school than anyone that was put on by uh, us U.S. people, but they had, they had churches from other communities come and say, teach us how to do this. So that would be, to me, some success stories on short-term teams and how that could happen. Let's go down to key factors, and I'm just going to keep clipping, and you're going to tell me when we're halfway, right? All right. That a girl. Um, I want you to keep – I had a big error in my head on short-term teams. I thought, that, I thought the main people on a short-term team was the people who go and the people who received, and there's two more. Uh, the goer, guests, the host receivers, I had those. But there's also the senders. Now, if you're going with a mission agency, that may be them. If you're going to church, that may be them. But the senders have a powerful impact on what happens or doesn't happen. And, and, and okay, I'm a volunteer. They can't fire me. I'm just going to say there are. There are some agencies that depend desperately on your dollars to go on a short-term mission trip for them to survive, which leads to the next one, the supporters, those who do this. As a supporter, you, you, you would not believe how many mission agencies make decisions based upon what their big supporters tell them to do. The supporters have to be educated that short-term results 
aren't the best route, that we want long-term results that eventually we don't need to be there. The United States, okay, I won't start on that. All right, um, do, do supporters anything on that? Let's go down to that churches, and I have a little tirade on that, and then we'll move on. I really think churches are making a big mistake when they send short-term teams overseas and they may have the same nationalities in a neighborhood in their own city and they're not doing anything. Um, I don't know if you even have to have different nationalities in your own city. If If your church is not as organized and as supportive of local missions as they are of overseas missions, there's a big problem. Um, who has the Acts 1-8? Would you read that real loud, please? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and in Antioch. All right, down at the bottom, the very last thing, it talks about something by Eric Swanson. So this, he said, I can do this as long as I tell where I got it. He made this. This is Acts 1.8. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, world. He calls Jerusalem the people across the street. Judea is the people across the country. Samaria is across the track. Remember, Samaritans, they weren't really. These are the people. This is the neighbor you don't like across the street. And then this is across the seas. As you go up, the culture varies more. As you go across, the distance varies more. You have got to do something here if you think you're going to do it here. And I would really suggest that you do something in Samaria if you think you're going to cross the world. Um, Personal opinion, the reason we don't do this or this is because it's local and it's more of a long-term commitment. This I can just, this overseas one, I can just go for a week or ten days and I'm done. I can put the notch in my belt, and I'm, boy, that was harsh. Okay, Um, let's go down to number two, do what's best. I really need you, I'm going to give you ten seconds, I really need you to get like a a group of three or four. I'd rather that be more than two, because I'm going to ask you a question, and I need you to discuss it, and then we're going to write down some of your answers, okay? Now, storyteller, be ready. All right, here's great. This is a one of four, five, one of five videos down at the bottom. The first one, Global Che River Crossing video discussion guide, blah blah blah. So you can, that's a link. It's on YouTube, etc. But here we go. Oh, don't I don't want you to do this to me. I need to set it up. Um, this is. This, there's like four scenarios of how missions might be done, and we're just going to look at one. We're going to look at two. There's a foreigner standing on the side of a river with a local, uh, and, and this river is kind of dangerous to cross because it's wide, it's deep, it's rough, but what? it's kind of like the joke. There, anyhow, there's rocks just under the water, and if you know where the rocks are, you can step on them and get across. Okay? So that's the setup in 
this work just fine before? Okay, okay. So we're doing the one to feel good. Be there for me. Come on. Foreigner says he is from the USA and has knowledge and experience on how to cross rivers. He has never been to this river, but he still knows the best way to, for the local to cross. Confidently, the foreigner tells the local to go from stone to stone across the river. Foreigner tells the local, watch me at all times and to step where I point. With some guesses and mistakes and even some retracing, the foreigner tries to guide the local across the river. Finally, the local reaches the other bank and leaps in happiness on the bank of the river. He thanks foreigner and walks away. Foreigner feels good about how much he helped the local. He tells the local to wait, though. He tells him to come back. He wants to take many pictures to show the people in the USA. So he crosses the river, taking pictures and posing. The local watches Foreigner as Foreigner begins examining the photos. Local just shakes his head and walks back towards his village. The local knew where some rocks were that could have been helpful, but he didn't tell Foreigner because it would have been an insult to Foreigner's pride. The local felt good about letting the Foreigner think he had been helpful. Just retell the story. So there's this one American guy who is feeling confident and great and wanting to be helpful and wonderful. So he told the foreigner exactly what he should do, how he should do it, and everything. And so the local, thinking that he was, you know, halfway wanting help from the foreigner and halfway not wanting to offend the foreigner, did what the foreigner, or the foreigner told him to do, the American. And then, so he did, and then he kind of appeased the American by, like, going back and, like, posing for pictures and stuff, where, and then he just kind of went back to his village, kind of like, he kind of helped me, but he really didn't at all. Okay, Shake, let's give her a hand. Um, How would, anybody can just shout this out. How would you describe the opinion of the foreigner when he was standing there giving instructions? What? Prideful. Prideful. Any others? Exuberant. Exuberant. Arrogant. Arrogant. Ignorant. Naive. Naive. Overconfident. What? Sympathy for the local. local. He really did care. Okay. All right. Taking time. Oh, well, you're jumping ahead. Jumping ahead. Where's my little... These remotes, have you noticed how they move from where you think you put them? All right, here's one together, and storyteller, you'll tell this one as well. It's there. Foreigner looks at the local and asks, how do you cross the stream? 
The local explained that some stones were just below the surface of the water and that he usually tried to jump from one stone to the other. However, the stones were so far apart that he usually fell in the water and had to wade or swim. The foreigner explained that he also knows where some rocks are located and that maybe they could be used together and they cross the river. So together, the local and the foreigner teach each other where the rocks are located and they begin to cross. Slowly, carefully, teaching each other, they eventually cross to the other side. By the time they cross the river, each has learned what the other knew. And now both can safely cross the river whenever they want. But even more importantly, the local can teach his friends how they too can cross safely. They collapse to the ground to talk. For the experience has given each one a respect for the other. The foreigner says that this incident reminds him of the story about a man who helps all people cross from danger to safety. The local asks, I want to hear this story. David, you're halfway finished. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> Storyteller. So, there's the local and the foreigner, and they uh, wanted to cross the river, and so the local had his way of doing it and explained that sometimes he kind of like has to wade around and uh, just kind of, that's just the way he does it. He's always done it that way. And then the foreigner kind of had another idea, and so they, they uh, collaborated and helped one another cross the river. And then on the other side, because the foreigner had listened to the local, he was also open to listening to other things happen. All right. Let's give it up again. We found in most culture, okay, in that website that has, it has the script. I, I was just reading the script, grabbed some people at church, and they acted that out. But we found in other cultures they love acting it out on their own. So it's something that just could be read, and they can act it out under a tree if you want. Um, and also, we found that people in the U.S. immediately go to interpretation, and they don't make sure that they know the story. So the retelling of the story is a critical part. And then asking questions such as, what was the first thing the foreigner asked when they got together at the river? Anybody? How do you do it? How do you do it? What would you say the attitude was of the foreigner as they were standing there on the bank? Respectful? Open? Humble. Okay, let's go on. What would you say about the duration of time to cross the river compared to maybe the other one we saw? Longer, slower, okay? What did crossing the river, in this case, open an opportunity to do when they were done? Work together? Share the gospel. Okay. Now, these little groups that you're going to chat with, just put your heads together. Of the two, the two examples we saw, think in your mind, which one do you think is the best example of how we should do missions? And then don't tell anybody what one you're thinking of, but tell them what are the qualities that you liked about that one. Okay? Talk now.
wrong with that? You got corner spelled wrong on there. You're kidding the me. in it. You're kidding me. You're the first one who's ever said. Oh, I'm a grammar Nazi. I'm okay. Sorry. No, thank you. Okay, okay. Gina and Pam, I'm going to ask you, tell me some of the words that you talked about, and they're going to write them up. Right? I'm sorry. They're going to write them up in that uh, top section where it says like, all right? Tell me a word that came out on something you liked. Anything? Cooperation. Cooperation, Jaina. Some, keep them coming. Teamwork. Teamwork, Pam. Respect. Jaina, respect. Humility. Pam, humility. More fun. I'm sorry? More fun. Okay, Jaina, funner. Okay. <laughs> Pam, relationships. Ownership. Ownership, Jaina. Keep them coming. Learning, Pam. I'm sorry? Togetherness. Togetherness, Gina. Trust. Trust, Pam. Sharing. Sharing, Gina. Mutual benefit. Mutual benefit. Let's just stop on that one. Thanks very much. Now, put your heads together. Tell me what you saw in the one you didn't like. Discuss that, and then I want feedback. Okay, go. You guys are awesome. Great job. Person praying in. Who is the person praying in the middle? Okay, right after we get these words. Okay, so I'm just warning you. All right, what did you not like, Janie? Presumption. Oh, good. I'm glad you're spelling that. Jane's presumptions. Assumptions, Pam. Directive, Jana. Yeah, spelling's optional. I was kidding. That's a pre. What was it? Directive. Directive. Prideful. Superficial for Pam and Janie. You have prideful. Manipulative. What? Manipulative. Manipulative, Pam. Good for luck on that. And <laughs> condescending, Janie. That's great. Give these big words. More of these. <laughs> oh, close-minded. Imbalanced. 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 
imbalanced and inefficient, inefficient Pam. Domineering, Domineering Jana. Codependency, Pam. Woo! Jaina, lack of contextualization. Oh, I love it. Why don't we say inadequate contextualization? That way it's really good. One more. Ego. Ego and disempowered, Jaina. All right. Whoever has the middle prayer, we're going to need that right now. First of all, do you think that first one we saw, do you think that's ever happened in missions? Okay. So we've put on things. We've mentioned some things that we liked. We've mentioned some things that we don't like. Now, I want your groups to tell me if we like those the things in the second model, then why don't we do it that way? Go. U.S. wants results. Okay. Photographer. Okay. Blueprint, Pam. I'm sorry. Can create conflict. Your donors stop giving. More communication. More communication, Pam. We we like to fix. We like to fix. We look through our own lens. Thanks. Hey, let's give a hand to these ladies. Um, 
for, for a sending agency, whether that's uh, a missions agency or a church, for them to change, it's painful. It's painful. And sometimes we'd rather just skip the pain and keep doing it wrong. So somebody in that organization has to be a spokesperson to say, we need to start doing it right even though it hurts. Uh, let's go down. Oh, my gosh, that's all the farther we are? Okay, deal with the root issues. I'm going to go really quick. This is a, and again, let's see, that would be a style lesson we'd use by questioning and let the people do their self-discovery. This would be a self-discovery lesson as well, but I'm just going to tell you the results because of time. There would be this picture of a tree that has roots, a trunk, uh, what do I have one here? I call it branches and fruit. And then we have four words. We call them values, actions, beliefs, results. And we would ask the people to tell us, if this is the tree, which of those words would match the parts of the tree? For example, for you guys, anybody, what do you, and I'll tell you if you're wrong, what do you think the fruit would be? Results. Okay, you got the gist. Now, it usually takes a long time because we get bogged down. What do you think, what do you think the branches would be? Actions. Actions. Now, the next thing is where we usually get bogged down. And after some discussion, honestly, every group's always come up to the same conclusion, that our beliefs are the root of the matter. They form what we value. Now, here's, here's how we do short-term missions typically. We go into this community, and we see this tree with crab apples all over it. And we take some pictures, and we shake our heads, and we say, well, we need to fix this. So we spend our week picking the crab apples off and then putting masking tape sweet cherries on. And then we go back, and we get under the tree, and we take our picture, and we show the before and after, and the people go, wow, you guys were amazing. What's that tree look like next year? <laughs> Crab apples. Until you get to the root of the issue, things aren't going aren't gonna to work. They aren't going to change. You're just going to keep going back and being uh, crabapple pickers. Um, I did, when we did this once in the U.S., what I have them do is I say, what's is a problem in the U.S., the fruit? What's, what's what a problem? They, they list all these things. And I say, all right, we get in groups, and I say, tell me what is the root belief that we have in the United States that's causing this problem? Well, after 10 minutes, everybody's given up. And I say, well, what's the problem? It's frustrating. I don't know. It's difficult. There's more than one root. All those things are true. It's difficult. That was in our culture. How difficult would it be in another culture to figure out the real root cause of those crab apples? So one guy, I just treasured him so much. The problem he had, he said, we have realized we're so ignorant about this problem that we have no right, let alone the ability, to speak an answer to it. Thank you. So I just thought that was really powerful. We have to admit that. We have to be learners before we go be fixers. 
All right, where are we at here dealing with the root issues? Who has, who has the Second Corinthians 4.4? 4? All the, the rest of the scriptures, we're going to listen to one right after another. I'll give you the reference to read. Everybody in the group, I want you to listen. What is Satan's tactic? What is Satan's tactics? Okay, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. First Timothy four one. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Colossians two eight. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. Satan's critical weapon is attacking us through our minds, through our beliefs. Now, this one in Revelations is one of the most head-shaking ones. I've, I just It's incredible to me. Now, I'm, and I'm not going to get into the pre-trib, mid-trib, on and that. Just, just listen to this and bear with me. All right, the Revelation one. Imagine this. God, Jesus, the Lord, has ruled for a thousand years. How many generations would that be? I, don't, I have no idea. The, the, the entire memory of the past has been wiped out. All these people have known is ruled by the God of the universe. Satan is let out, and he's able to deceive so many people. They're like the sands of the sea. His deception is powerful. And if we go in there focused on the fruit and not realize this is a spiritual issue of beliefs, we're having no impact. Doing the work of the king without acknowledging the king is no better than not acknowledging the king and refusing to do his work. You have to do both. Can you say that again? Doing the work of the king but refusing to speak of him is no better than speaking of the king but refusing to do his work. You have got to do both. You have to care for the person's needs physically, spiritually, emotionally, and intellectually. It's a whole thing. Um, Oh, here we go, baby. Uh, It takes greater time and effort. Uh, Basically, the bottom line, I, I was in public education a long time, and I believe that... Going from a D to a C isn't hard at all. Kids can do that pretty easy. C to a B, it's a little harder. It's that going from a B to an A that's tough. And that's the same thing on improvement in anything. If your missions department is at a C, 
Getting to a B isn't going to take too much effort, but it's going to take some. But getting to a stellar, an A level, is going to take a lot. Here's what, okay, going back to Eric Swanson, here's what Eric says about evaluating short-term trips. I can hear that ticking right now. And you can download Eric's. Oh, all the volunteers, I've downloaded Eric's already, and you can pick up one over there. I printed it out for you. Everybody volunteered. And the two scribes, there's a book over there written by the guy that founded Shea, and he signed it, and those books are yours. Okay. So here's what Eric Swanson says. Rating, like this... What does he have there? Which one is that? That's the go or guess. So this is us, the United States. If we rated a five, and then these are the host receivers, and they rated a five, that's great. That's a super one. But if we rated a four, and they rated a one, that's not a super trip. And, you know, how do we do that? Was, did you have a, was it a good trip? Who, who are we asking? Each other. We're asking each other. We don't even ask the host. And, and they would probably lie. They would probably tell what we think they think we want to hear. So that's, I really think you need to connect with someone on the ground who will tell you the truth. Who usually is that? He, has, he said, who usually is that? I think you need someone on the ground who has... It can be a missionary, it could be a local pastor, but they have the belief of, I want my people to improve so much, they don't need you anymore. And that they're willing to tell you, no, we don't want you to come right now, it isn't the right time. I think community development is a chain of events, and short-term teams can come in at certain links in that chain and be a great help, but there are certain links in that chain you need to just stay away. And let them do themselves. So, is that it? Giddy up, little doggies. I think that's it. Any questions? All right, I'll, let's do this. We'll have a closing prayer, and then uh, if you have questions, I'll hang out. Who? Uh, let's let's all stand, and that'll. great group. Thanks so much. Yes.